Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Good morning, everyone. It is a pleasure to be back out here. It's been quite a while since I've been in South Tampa, and uh, love what the Lord is doing here. For those of you that uh, may not know me that well, I'm Scott Smiley. I'm the executive pastor, and uh, I do all the things that Caleb doesn't want to do um, <laughs> as far as organizationally, um, but it's, it's my, my joy to be here to, to serve you guys today. And I was asking the Lord, like, what, what do you want me to say today? And I heard 1 Kings 7, and I was like, I don't recall that right off the top of my head, what's in 1 Kings 7. So I went and I was, as I was looking at it, it starts with uh, Solomon's palaces, and then it moves on to the description of the temple. And this this section of scripture, and a lot of the, the 1 Kings and 1 Chronicles, there is like a lot of detail. I don't know if you've ever noticed, like, God really cares about details. And so I was just, I was looking at this, and uh, I was like, Lord, what, what are you saying in this? Um, and, uh. We'll, we'll read the scripture. It, it takes a, just a little bit of time to kind of get through this first part. And then uh, we'll start unpacking what I believe the Lord wants you to, to how, how to look at this part of scripture uh, in light of the new covenant, in light of what uh, what to do with, with some of these things. So First uh, Kings 7, this is about Solomon building his palaces. It took Solomon 13 years however, to complete the construction of his palace. He built the palace of the forest of Lebanon, 100 cubits long, 50 wide, and 30 high, with four rows of cedar columns supporting trim cedar beams. It was roofed with cedar above the beams that rested on the columns, 45 beams, 15 to a row. Its windows were placed high in sets of three facing each other. All the doorways had rectangular frames, They were in the front part uh, in sets of three facing each other. He made a colonnade 50 cubits wide, or 50 cubits long and 30 wide. In front of it was a portico, and in front of that were pillars and an overhanging roof. He built the throne hall, the hall of justice where he was to judge, covered it with cedar from floor to ceiling. And the palace in which he was to live, set farther back, was similar in design. Solomon also made a palace like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had married. All of these structures, from the outside to the great courtyard, and from the foundation to the eaves, were made of blocks of high-grade stone cut to size and smoothed on their inner and outer faces. The foundations were laid with large stones of good quality, some measuring ten cubits and some eight. Above were high-grade stones cut to size, and cedar beams. 
The great courtyard was surrounded by a wall of three courses of dressed stone and one course of trimmed cedar beams, as was the inner courtyard of the temple of the Lord with its portico. And I was like, all right, so the Lord like left some construction plans in this story. And, you know, I've, I've been involved on like the, the legal side of real estate for a long time and am currently have a building project that I'm doing down in uh, Punta Gorda. And it's like, you gotta have really good plans to actually build something accurately that's gonna stand, right? Just some of the old stuff, uh, Christian, you've probably seen a lot of it, got, got wiped that wasn't built to spec or was built to specs before we took into account hurricanes and, and things of that nature. And so the Lord put like a lot of detail. And after this section, it goes on for like at least two pages in my Bible describing everything of the temple, the basins, the, the sea, the, all of the instruments that were being used, all of these things. And the Lord put just a tremendous amount of detail in this. And so to give you perspective on, on looking at this, I want you to consider 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 17. And it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. I remembered as I was writing this, kind of the first part, don't you know that you're God's temple? And then I kept reading, and I was like, my goodness. The Lord takes very seriously how we treat his temple. And going, that's, that's us. And when we look back in, in the Old Testament and we see the detail that God put in and how much he cared about logging all of these things, that's the same care he has for you. He cares about all these details. Like if you keep reading in 1 Kings 7, I mean, it's like, uh, the um, Hiram, the like the guy that did all the brass work. They they didn't even weigh the brass. They said it was so much in all that he did. But it was like the the columns. He's like, I want chains and I want pomegranates, um, you know, made out of out of bronze or out of gold. And then I want palm trees and and like God was very specific in all these details. And I want to encourage you today that God cares about the details of your life that he's keeping track of all of these little things. And a lot of times we go, ah, that doesn't matter. Ah, like, who cares, right? Uh, like, sometimes we say that to ourselves about the dreams in our heart, the things that the Lord is like stirred in us, and we're kind of like, yeah, like, I don't know. Does God really, like, he's running the universe, like he does big stuff. But when you look at the scripture, God cares about, like, all these details, that he, he would put this in, for uh, almost 4,000 years later? No, not quite that far. Anyway, I don't remember off the top of my head what, where Solomon was, but we got 2,000 to Christ, and it was hundreds of years, if not about 1,000 before Christ, that this was all built, right? So this is a long time that the Lord's like, this is so important. I want you to understand how much I care about all these little things. And as I was reading this, I was like, you know, Solomon had about 44,000 square feet of palace. 
like the little notes in, uh, in the NIV uh, had uh, this 100, 100 cubits long, 50 wide, is about 11,000 square feet. And then that was the first palace. Then he made one for him behind this one and one for his wife, right? So you're like 11, 11, 11. Like he's building some stuff, like nice stuff. You know, you can throw like, you can put a tent up in, well, if you're good, 20 minutes or less, depending on the tent. When we were doing Cub Scouts, it was not that short. I wasn't that fast. But it was still like within an hour. I had shelter. But if you want 44,000 square feet of palace, it's 13 years. Right? And I think sometimes we miss. God plays the long game. Like, he's not in a rush. He's not in a hurry. You don't need a tent. When, he, when God wants a palace, he's willing. You know, Solomon was willing to invest more than a decade to have a place of beauty, to have something that's like stone, solid stone foundation, cedar lined. You know, cedar, the bugs don't like it. Like, it doesn't mold. Like, it's really sturdy. It's, it's like the high-quality stuff. Until he got to the temple where it was like, you know, finished in gold, cedar's really like the, the thing you want to build with to make it last, to, to really communicate quality. And so I was looking at this one. We are often such like the microwave generation. Like, if it's not done in like two or three weeks, like, we're not sure like the Lord is in it. And the Lord's like, listen, it's, it's 13 years to build a palace complex and a temple and all these kinds of things. And I think for us, be patient with yourself and with how the Lord works. I was reading one, um, I get like all these like business emails and things, and they were, it was, one of them was saying, in all the research they've done, your most productive years are between 50 and 80. because you got a lot of experience. See, when you're young, you have a lot of energy. <laughs> when you're old, you have a lot of experience. And you've tried, usually, a whole bunch of things that don't work. And you learn what not to do, which is sometimes at least as important as knowing what to do. And so in this journey that we have, there's this opportunity to go, how do I choose to treat myself as the temple of God, right? That's what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians. You are the temple of God. But when we look back and go, hey, that was 13 plus years in the making. That was, there was a lot of resources that were dedicated to getting to this point. You can go, I don't have to figure this out in the next six weeks, right? And, and our, our culture celebrates, you know, there's always like the, the top 30 under 30 or the top, you know, these sort of things where it's like, oh, these people have figured it out young and they're like on a meteoric rise, which is great until you realize that like in Tampa Bay, that list is like, what, 20, 30 people that is in like the Tampa Bay Business Journal out of a few million people living in this area. 
well, what about the rest of us? <laughs> right? We're on, we're on a journey of understanding the Lord's love for us and that he is working on all these little details. You know, I think about the Hiram who was, you know, from, from Tyre, who built so much of the temple and going, he had to make like all of these molds for the brass. And then you have to pour the, the liquefy the brass, pour it in to make all of these, these ornaments and items and the serving tools and everything that was part of the temple. You know, it just takes time. And I, for me, I've, I kind of nerd out a little bit on some of the like quantum physics and trying to under, get my head around this stuff. And like, you know, I grew up when like Back to the Future came out, right? And it always messed with you, like time travel, right? Marty McFly, we'll see how, how many people I leave behind with this um, <laughs> reference. But, you know, no matter what, what movie you're, you, you, you go to, there's all these questions that happen, like, with time travel. Well, what, what happens, you know, when, when someone starts to, to mess with it? And now, you know, you have the whole Marvel universe going into the, the multiverse and, and, and things like this. And, and part of this, I feel like the reason it keeps showing up in entertainment is because there's something in our hearts that are like, I, I'm not totally comfortable with like how time works. I feel like it gets away from me. I feel like th there's not enough of it. I feel like what if I could make better decisions? What if I could see the future? What if I could, could change the past? We have all of these things, but the Lord's like moving methodically. And there's part that you, I... Uh, one of the ways that I, I've found successful to actually like read the whole Bible is the Bible in a year where it's, it's already pre-broken up for you by date with the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb. And so the end of October, the beginning of, uh, well, the end of October primarily was uh, Jeremiah moving into Lamentations. Because I don't typically read that like for fun on my own, right? There's parts that like, parts of the Bible you kind of like, we don't always often turn to like first kings or like numbers begat 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 for a whole book pretty much right and it's like lord what are you doing with that why do we have this but it's because he cares about you your family where you came from and the 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 generations that are coming after you like the lord has got He's categorized all that. He's got all that. And he wants you to know he cares. So as you, as, as you leave today, I want you to know, like, the Lord cares about the details. That's why we can pray, like, you know, sometimes I, I feel like people make fun of some of the more happier preachers who are like, I pray about, like, parking spots. Lord, I'd like a parking spot at the front of the mall. You know, oh, well, God doesn't care about that. No, he does. He cares about what you care about. And those little details and stuff. And there's part where it's sort of, it's really almost like a false humility to believe that God doesn't care about those things. Because for you, it's like, it's not, did I get a good parking spot? It's, God, did you see me at this moment? And that's where, all right, how do, how do we position our hearts in a place where whether we get the parking spot or not, 
we're going, God, I'm, I'm in relationship with you. I'm dialoguing with you about just the, the little things, the day-to-day things. Because God is so big, he can deal with your day-to-day things and seven billion other people's <laughs> details. That's the size of God that we serve. And a lot of times we go, well, I couldn't keep track of all that, so maybe God can't keep track of all that. Right? We, make, we, we, we sometimes default into making God more in our image than letting his word transform us and go, a millennia, couple millennia later, we're still reading about the details of a temple so that we know that when Paul tells us that we are the temple, God cares about all these things. There's another observation I wanted to pull out of this 1 Kings 7, and that was Solomon built the first building, and it's got the details, but then it goes, and he built another one for himself and another one for his wife. When you have a good plan, keep doing it. He didn't have to recreate a whole nother design. Stay with the, like, figure out what's working and just keep doing it. Rinse and repeat. Sometimes in, in, our, in our desire that's, and our, our kind of the TRP culture, God's always doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. That is true. But as, as he stirs in you, like what, what is the fresh manna for today? Don't forget what worked. The things that you, he's, he's shown you that have given you success, the things, the disciplines, the plans to go. Don't just go, I've got to scrap the, all these years of work that I did to get to this place because I'm doing something brand new. We just, we hold everything in submission and go, God, I'm trusting that you'll do, as you show me a fresh vision for today, it builds on everything that you've been doing in my life in the past. And so to go, hey, I'm going to build three buildings. I'm going to build three 11,000-square-foot homes, really. And it's like, okay. But sometimes it's like, I'm going to, like, mix things up. But then we forget that you have a whole new learning curve that you got to chew through for this new thing. And there's part that, I want to say it's autopilot, but when you do what's familiar, it's so much easier. And so going, all right, God, as, as, the, as I let you inhabit me as the temp, your new temple, what are the things that we can do that's easier? What, what systems can we build into our life that allow us to more regularly engage with God? Right? We don't have to do a whole new Bible study every time if you found a simple method that works. Right? I, I keep going back to my Bible in a year because it works and it helps me. And then I start seeing stuff like Jeremiah has, you know, this, this prophetic declaration. And then you flip over and you see something very similar that David was saying in Psalms or that Paul was quoting Jeremiah. And you go, I forgot that when Paul was saying this, that wasn't just him. He was quoting one of the Old Testament authors. And, and, and just consistently, 
um, you go, oh, there's connections. And so for me, I could get a whole new study, but I found, like, if I don't need to think about it, I just grab that Bible and go with it. And it's really neat because every September 11th, it talks about do not fear. Right? And so there's part that it's just like, oh, this was set up way before 2001. And yet I found an application that just, it works for me. So how are you doing taking care of God's temple? Right? A lot of times we're pretty critical about ourselves. In fact, more critical than we would be if we actually thought about the fact that we are the temple of God. That he's like, I've chosen you to partner with you, to inhabit you, to, to let your old sin nature die so that you can be raised in me to operate from a kingdom perspective, from a kingdom life. What does that look like for you? Where are the things where it's like, God, I, this, you know, I would venture to guess most of you have a much longer list about yourself of the things you don't like than the things you do like. And just to go, is, is that how the Lord sees his temple? like, ah, they missed the mortar spot there. They, they didn't shave the stone right on this one. There's a little gap. Like, I mean, part of renewing our mind is to think about us the way the Lord thinks about us, right? I think it's Bill Johnson that says, I don't want to have a thought about me that God doesn't have about me, right? And, and it's like, well, but my default is so much of self-criticism, self-loathing, I don't, all the things I don't like. But the Bible tells us to think about what is, whatever is good and pure and excellent and praiseworthy and go, hey, that applies to how you think about you. What if you thought about yourself the way God thinks about you? How much of your anxiety would just drift away? How much of your fear would leave? So I'm always surprised, like, and I shouldn't be, but, like, I read, like, part of the Old Testament, and I'm like, all right, Lord, what, what are you doing with this? And he starts showing, like, pulling these sort of things out about, like, how, and, and then finding the application of, like, how do I think about myself? What does this look like to walk as a child of God? What does this mean for, for the renewing of my mind? Because the things of the Old Testament were types and shadows to give us an understanding of how God sees, uh, sees us through story. Because it's, our, it's stories. Our, our brains are wired to remember stories. We, and and our, our American culture is very like facts, details, win-loss records. And God's like, but your brain is actually wired for story. And, and these, these um, adventures that take more than just a couple days.
So I want you just to pause for, we'll just take like a minute, but just go, how do you see what the Lord is doing in your life? Whether it's working in a job, with family, with a ministry, but just like, where do you see the Lord moving you over the next like five, 10, and 20 years? Like the Lord thinks generationally. So where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years with the Lord? Holding that picture in your head, in your mind, what if you didn't see fruit moving in that direction over the next six months or even over the next two years? Is that still the vision that God had for you for the next five to ten years? I was talking with my mom, and uh, she's telling me we've got a couple avocado trees that she's growing. And avocados are a very heavy fruit. And so we got this, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a good size, you know, uh, um, trunk. But, you know, it's still only, like, an inch and a half, two inches. But it's, it's now about five feet tall, six feet tall. And we're going, like, how big does this tree have to be? to hold avocados. Like, it could produce one. It could probably handle one. You know, it might even be able to handle two or three. But to go, to produce a lot of heavy fruit year after year, it's got to be a substantial tree. And there's part that we would like to produce substantial heavy fruit but like in a year. Like if no one shows up to your ministry event for six months, we're like, well, this must not be the Lord. What kind of fruit? And what kind of discipline does it take to persevere, to see what the Lord's doing, to go, I know you've called this to me, and until you give me different instructions, I'm staying with it. You know, the TRP is four years old. And we've seen a lot of, like, growth. Things have been happening. But there's part that, even amongst the leadership team, talking about, like, what's, what are we doing in five years? What are we doing? What's, what's the 20-year goal? So that we stay faithful to the things that will produce 20-year fruit, not microwave fruit. Right? Because what happens when you overstim a plant? Right, you go to, to like Home Depot and they've, they've juiced those plants, right? I mean, they give them like all of the like nutrients, 
produce fruit, turn green, do all this stuff. You take it home, and then it takes two years for the plant to recover to start bearing fruit for you because they gave it the plant equivalent of steroids, right? And so it looks good. You're like, I'll take that one. And I've, I've seen that over and over with plants that we bought. And then I look around and I go, I've seen that in ministry too. And how we're like, how can I juice this? How can I, how can I put whatever ministry steroid is on it to produce immediate fruit? When the Lord's like got a long-term play. I'm in for five years. I'm in for 10. I want to see the 20-year fruit of, of where we're going to be. And you build different. It takes a long time to build like a stone foundation versus clearing enough land to throw up a tent. There's a chiseling. There's a lot of work involved. And I think sometimes we, we take the assumption that the curse on work that happened after the fall of Adam and Eve means that when God does something, we don't have to actually work at all. But there, there was an assignment for Adam and Eve to care and cultivate the garden. There were things that they did. It was work in that sense. It just wasn't so hard. Right? They, they weren't growing thorns and thistles. Like, what they touched was growing healthy things. And so I just want to encourage you today. What are you, what are you growing? What are you cultivating with a long-term view of, of the fruit that you want to see in your life? Health. You know, it's, it's sort of like uh, we live our whole life like wrestlers like cutting to make weight. Right? You have a few hours, you need to drop another five, seven pounds. Like, so you like sweat it out. You like don't eat, don't do all this stuff. So you can make weight. But the reality is that's not how you, you build like a wrestling career. You got to have a lot of season of building muscle, of the endurance, of, of eating right, of exercising right, of doing all the drills so that you can get to that place where you have that that one moment, that day where you're, you're making weight. And then, because typically, you don't go and wrestle right after that. You've got a season to, to rebuild, a time to rebuild before you actually go and wrestle. So one last time, I, I just want you to close your eyes and just... Just ask the Lord and pay attention to the things that, that pop into your mind. Just, Jesus, what do I need to do today to set me up for a 20-year success?
do I need to do today to set myself up for a 20-year success? I strongly recommend writing it down. Put it in your phone, notes app, whatever it takes. In Habakkuk 2, he talks about make the vision plain so that you can run with it. Write it down. There's part that it's good to be able to go back and revisit. What did the Lord tell you in these times so that you can persevere? for the long run. So, just as, as we close, I just want to kind of revisit the highlights for First uh, Kings 7. It took 13 years to build beautiful palaces. There's attention to detail. And when you have a good plan, keep using it. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.